You guys almost got your fast fellowship done in 60 seconds. I'm pretty impressed. Normally, I have to break you all up, but how's everybody doing today? Are you blessed and highly favored? Favor of God surrounds you as with a shield. Amen. God is always good in our life, and I'm so glad you're here this morning. Hey, on Sunday, October 20th, say the 20th, October 20th, we are having an after-church Thanksgiving meal together. October, what? I'm sorry. I was just checking you all. Just, are you paying attention? Y'all passed the test. Hallelujah. November 20th. November 20th, we are having an all-church Thanksgiving dinner together, so plan on coming, uh, sticking around a little bit. We've got turkey and stuffing and all the yummies, so just come and plan on having a good time, amen? We'll have some good church and some good food afterwards, hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad you guys are here. I have been praying for you all week, and as I do every week, I pray for you all. You know that, right? Y'all pray for me. I'm not looking. I got one eye. Now, I know you pray because I feel the prayers, and I'm so thankful for all of you. And I'm going to be doing part two today. It may be the final one. I know I always say that, but actually, I think I'm going to do one more next week, and I'm going to be talking next week on the covenant that you have in Christ because that has been so strong in my spirit, so I probably will wrap this up. But next week's going to be about your covenant, and you don't want to miss that. But I started a series last week called Where is God? And I don't know how many of you were here last week to be able to hear it. If you missed it, jump online. Um, listen to the word of God during the week, amen, because you listen to it a second time, the Holy Spirit just speaks to you more, he reveals more, there's a lot of, go ahead, sweetheart, there's a lot of distractions in the church, so, you know, there may have been a really good point Holy Spirit wanted to give you, and you just somehow missed it, so, you never know that round two, what God could reveal to you, amen, but today I'm going to be talking about where is God when God is late, has God ever been late for anybody, it's a quiet church today. I think we as human beings, don't we hate to wait? I, th I guess my, I go from 1 to 10 in the Starbucks line when it takes too long. Like how much coffee are the cars in front of me ordering that is taking me this long to get through Starbucks, amen? How many remember the old days? I call them the old days because I actually come from them now. But when you had, you had to be at home to answer the phone? You couldn't, you couldn't talk to nobody in the car. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have pagers. All the young people are passing out. What would you do, right? They had this thing that used to hang on a wall, and it's called the telephone. And it had a rotary dial. You go nine, tick, 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 and they go ding, 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 all the way back. Eight, tick, 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 tick. How many remember that? All the way back, tick, 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 tick. But my favorite part about the phone that hung on the wall was the long cord on it. Because my boyfriend would be calling me, and I didn't want nobody in the house hearing what I had to say. So I would take that cord, and I would go all the way to the bathroom, right? And I'd hide it under the door. Of course, they had another phone in the house that my mom would get on and listen to, because you could do that too. But we don't like to wait, do we? We'd have to wait at home for that boyfriend to call or that girlfriend to call. Today, we want everything instant. And that goes along with sometimes we're waiting on God on things. We get frustrated with God because we're praying about something and it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you fasted about something till you're just sick and tired of fasting and it hasn't happened yet. Is anybody with me? I think what frustrates us as believers is we know God can do it, don't we? Like we know we serve a God of miracles. We know we serve the great I am. And yet he's still not doing what we know that he can do. 
You've been believing, you've been praying, and you've been waiting. Why doesn't God do something about that? I'm sure many of us have had that cry and frustration in our cars or at home. God, why aren't you doing something about what I know you can change in my life? So what is it for you this morning? I want you to hone in. And what is it that thing that you want God to change, that you know you need that breakthrough, you know you need that miracle, you know something needs to change in your life, whether it be relationally, whether it be your health, financial challenges. There's many things that you desire from God that you're not seeing happen yet. And I'm going to help you get through that so you can wait on God's best. Say, wait on God's best. Because God has a best for you. And when we're waiting, God's working. That should just be on our mirrors, right? Ladies, you can write it with lipstick. When you're waiting, God is working. When you're waiting, God is working something together for your good. God is arranging things. God is performing things in the waiting season. But we get frustrated in the waiting, and we're not able to hear what God is saying in this season while we're waiting. So I want to help you get through that, okay? So let's look at Psalms 130, verses 5 through 6. And I love this scripture verse, and it says, I wait for the Lord. This is David talking. I wait for the Lord. That word wait there doesn't mean we're sitting around worried about things. It doesn't mean that I'm twirling my thumbs and, I, my thumbs and, I'm, and I'm anxious and I'm overwhelmed or, or I'm angry. We think waiting is this place of emotions, but that word waiting actually means to eagerly look for hope and expectation. So as I'm serving God, I'm going, where's the miracle, God? Where's the breakthrough, God? I am waiting with anticipation for that miracle to knock on my door. I'm waiting with anticipation for that breakthrough to happen in my life. How many of you have ever um, done, uh, is it called double dutch? Right? Is that double dutch? How many could double dutch? I could double dutch back in the day. I don't know. I'll have to try it again. But when you're getting ready to double dutch, what do you do? You're kind of looking. You're just waiting, okay, when that rope hits the bottom, that one's up, and then you jump in. That's how it is when what you're believing God for. Wait for that thing. You have expectation. You have hope. You have desires. Your faith is alive. I'm not looking at what I see, but I'm looking at what I know God is doing in the unseen realm. I'm telling you, God is moving and strategizing, and he's working all things together for your good in the spiritual realm, even though we can't see it. Don't you wish sometime you had a special looking glass and you could just, well, you do, you got the word of God. But I mean like a realistic, like I could just, okay, God's doing something. Okay, I can wait. But that's not how faith is. Faith has to wait in the unknown. I call it the hallway. You're not where you used to be and I'm not where I want to be. And I'm kind of stuck in this hallway of uncertainty, hallway of waiting. And it's very frustrating. So he said, I wait on the Lord. My soul waits. Everybody say soul. Your soul is your what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everything that wants to run you off a cliff every day. Everything that wants to run you right out of the will of God. Everything that wants to disrupt a marriage, make wrong financial decisions, is your soul. And God's saying in that waiting, your soul needs to wait on God. That means you're going to reel in those emotions. You're going to reel in those fear. You're going to reel in those things that want to make wrong decisions because I'm waiting on God. I'm anchoring my soul to the word of God. You know, the word of God is the anchor of your soul. So you're going to anchor your soul to the word of God. That means whatever's coming against me, whatever I see, I will not be moved. You are in a season of your life. Do not be moved from where you are at. 
because miracles are in motion for you, for your family, for the church world, and for the kingdom of God. Amen? My soul waits. How does it wait? In his word, I hope. I think a couple weeks ago I gave you guys a challenge to find your promise in the word of God. What does the word of God say about your situation? And let that begin to come what's out of your mouth, amen, because the word is your hope. My soul waits for the Lord. Listen to this. More than the watchman for the morning. More than the, did I say it twice? This is just my imagination. Okay, not seeing double this morning. More than the watchman for the morning. What does that mean? The watchman would sit on the walls and they would watch and protect all night long looking for the enemy, making sure that everyone in the wall was safe. And the watchman longs for that morning because that means everything is safe. They're safer anyway. That's how we long for God. We're like that watchman that waits for the morning. I hope in God's word more than I do than the watchman that sits on the wall. There is power in waiting on God. Amen. I love the instant miraculous, and I love that. But God does more in me when I'm waiting in a situation than he does when he moves suddenly in my life. So number one, with God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. A waiting season is never a wasted season. There's something that God is doing in that waiting that you just don't know about. And when we get ahead of God, we mess up God's divine plan for that situation. God always has a purpose in your life. You know, we learned this a few weeks back that God fashioned your days before there were any. And he wrote a book about you. And I believe there's a library in heaven with your name on it. And God already knows the beginning to the end. God is not worried about your situation. He has a purpose and he knows how to navigate you, how to get you to exactly where he wants you to be for that miracle. But we have to trust him in the waiting season. We're going to look at John 11 this morning. It's the story of uh, Lazarus. And I know some of you have heard this story, obviously. But, you know, it opens up with Mary and Martha. And how many know Mary and Martha had situations with each other. You know, Mary was like more calm, more reserved, more laid back, and then there's crazy Martha. Martha's, I'm a, I'm a Martha, I have to admit. Sometimes I wish I was a Mary. I try to pretend I'm a Mary. It lasts about five minutes, and then I forget, and I turn back into Martha again. But Martha was always busy and wanted to strategize and wanted to make things happen, and, and why isn't this happening, and why isn't that happening? Can anybody relate to that? And so they, they even when Jesus came, and, and Martha was so busy, busy, and, and what did Mary do? In the, in the, before this story, Mary sat at Jesus' feet. She wasn't even welcomed in the room. It was all men. But she said, there's something Jesus is saying out of his mouth today that I need to hear. And she stopped everything and she sat at his feet. She just had that nature to slow down and listen to Jesus. And Martha was busy, busy, busy. But where I want to show you in this story of John 11 was when Lazarus was sick. And Jesus was a friend of this family. Jesus knew them. He ate with them. They were a very close relationship. And so it says this in verse 1. Now a name, man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now I want to stop there for a minute because this morning I was going over my notes and I'm like, I want to look at Bethany and what that means. I really love to dig into the word. Sometimes you just got to dig into those little things for God to give you revelation. And that word Bethany means the house of misery. There's times that we are living in a house of misery in our life, huh? We're, we're miserable with situations. We're, we're frustrated with things that are going on in our life, and we're in a house of misery. 
And God wants to take us out of that house. And so here was Lazarus, and he was sick. And, and verse 3, so the sister sent word to Jesus. I love this. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, what I thought was so interesting here is she did not name Lazarus. They were in such close relationship that she said, the one you love, Jesus, is sick. And sometimes we feel like because I'm so close to Jesus, then he should show up when I want him to. Because I've been faithful and loyal, then Jesus should show up at my beck and call when I am sick and weary and tired and frustrated. And his word does, but there's sometimes that the manifestation takes a minute in waiting on God. And, and I kind of thought, too, I don't know, I never saw this perspective today but, or before I read this again today, but I'm like, is she manipulating Jesus? Like, I thought, oh, you know, the one you love, Jesus, like a way to be like, you love him. You need to show up at his door. I don't know for sure. But he was close to them. But Jesus didn't come when they wanted him to come. Lazarus was sick. And I imagine when they sent out that word, surely Jesus is going to drop everything he's doing. And he's going to find his way to their house because he loves them. Now, I would, if I was in that situation, maybe give Jesus, you know, 24 hours. I mean, they did walk, you know, they didn't have cars and fast mobiles. And so I might give Jesus a little grace, but after like day one, I'd be like, uh, where are you, Jesus? You know, 10 hours later, are you kidding me? I mean, we sent word out. He supposedly loves Lazarus. Where is he? I mean, they were just humans, just like we are. And sometimes we put God on this time frame and we get frustrated. And here, day after day went, night after night went, where is Jesus? And it's in that moment when Jesus doesn't show up when we expect him to, we begin to question ourselves. We begin to question our faith. We begin to question the goodness of God. And that's, that moment is where we need to anchor our soul in what the word of God has to say. Because I've gone through ranges of emotions when God didn't show up when I thought he should be showing up. And I may Im immediately think, well, it's me. I better do more. I better act more. And there are things in faith we should do, but that doesn't move God's hand. Amen? The faith moves his hand, but not my worrying and trying to make things happen does not move the hand of God. And so we start blaming, well, maybe something's wrong with me, or maybe God has favorites. I mean, Sister Susie over there is always getting blessed from God. Her Facebook page is nonstop. Or that, that, that husband over there, his family's got it all together, and, and they, they've got things going good, and God always shows up over there. And we start getting in this area of doubt, and, and we can get bitterness, and we can get comparison, and all these things that begin to destroy our soul, when in fact, Jesus has a bigger plan in why he's waiting. Because what he wants to do for you is bigger, bigger than what you are believing him for. Because the word of God says he does exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could think, dream, or imagine. I have a really good imagination. You know my story. I preached in the mirror to 10,000. I was seven years old, and I preached to 10,000 people on a hill like Jesus. And we had revival in my bedroom, and people got saved and delivered, and, and I was weeping. I have an imagination. God says, I am bigger than what you can ever imagine. That is an exceedingly abundant God, and yet we limit God because we think he's not there for us because we're waiting. And in fact, he has something bigger for you. So what happens? We start to compare our lives. Well, I tithe God. I serve. I'm faithful. I tweeted a Bible verse for crying out loud last week. Ten people liked it. Surely, Jesus, you're going to show up at my house. And Mary's probably thinking, Jesus, you were at my home. You ate my food that I cooked for you. 
Why are you not showing up at my house? A waiting season is never a wasted season. Two things I want you to remember while waiting on God. Number one, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Sometimes there are hard no's, but I think you probably already know those hard no's. But sometimes when there's a delay, it doesn't mean he's denying you of what he wants for your life. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not going to. I got some big dreams set out there for this next coming year. And even now, I know God's going to fulfill it. Just because he hasn't doesn't mean he's not going to. Just because he hasn't answered your prayer yet doesn't mean he's not going to answer your prayer. So look what Jesus said in John eleven four. once he got word. When he heard this, Jesus said, here's the word from Jesus, the, or God, this sickness will not end in death. There's the promise. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, I want you to look at this. You've got sick, sick Lazarus, which we know is about to die. And Jesus says he's not going to die, and it's for God's glory. Now, I looked up that word glory, and the word glory there means this. It means it's God's judgment, it's God's viewpoint, and it's a thing belonging to God. The situation that you need your breakthrough, it is God's viewpoint over your life, not yours. A day is a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is a day. We put God in this 24-7. He's like, uh-uh, I have a viewpoint, an opinion of your miracle and how and when it's going to happen in your life. And when I do it, it's going to be for my glory, amen? God will be glorified through the breakthrough that you trust him in in your life. And that word glorified, the second, means to be praised and magnified. God wants to give you a miracle more than you want it. Why? Because he is glorified in your breakthrough. He is glorified in your miracle. And all he asks you to do is wait on him. Wait when you want to cast off restraints. Wait when you want to quit. Wait when you give up, you want to give up and throw in the towel. Don't give up. Amen. In this story, Jesus was not worried about Lazarus. Why? Because he knew the end of the story. Jesus is not worried about your moment. He knows the end of your story. He knows that your children will serve God. He knows that they will rise up and call you blessed. He knows that your husband or your wife and your marriage will be restored and there'll be a miracle at the end of this story. He knows that he will give you a husband or give you a wife, the one that he has ordained for you, even though you're in the waiting season and you're frustrated. He said, not only is there going to be a purpose for it, there's a purpose in your waiting, but you're going to see me be glorified at the end of this thing. How many want God to be glorified? I mean, God can make you shine brighter than you could ever try to make yourself shine, amen? God says, I will be glorified. Let's look at John 14, verses 13 through 14. I love this. He said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. What does God want? He wants to be glorified. How many remember the story of Jesus when the boisterous winds were coming against the boat and the disciples were terrified? Where was Jesus? Back of the boat sleeping. He wasn't worried about the winds. He wasn't worried about getting to where they needed to go. He was resting. Some of us need to get in the back of the boat with Jesus. 
Some of us need to get back in the boat with the word of God and let it be our resting place. Let it be our peace because what's, this, what's that song we sing? Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around and around and around. God's going to work all things together for your life. But there are some things called divine delays. And God knows why there's divine delays. I always say this when I'm driving. You haven't drove with me, so you may not be able to relate to this. Some of you have, and you can totally relate to this. I'm not a very good driver. It's true. You have to pray in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues when you're in my car. <laughs> Just kidding. But you got to know heaven. You got to know how to reach heaven. I'm pretty crazy. But I always say this. When I miss like a, like a uh, I don't know, like a ramp or something, my exit, I'm like, well, divine delays, right place at the right time. Amen. I'm like that father in, uh, the, what is it called? Not the Christmas story. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I am Clark Griswold. Remember in that movie where he drove under the truck? He didn't even realize it and back out. I'm like that person. I believe in divine de delays, amen. I believe there are times where God says, I'm putting that situation on pause because I've got to work some things out in you and for you. God often wants to do something in you while he's doing something for you. Say that again. God often wants to do something in you while he's doing something for you. There are divine delays. There's sometimes in that waiting period where maybe he's working out unforgiveness. Maybe he's working out fear. Maybe he's working on just getting that faith tested so you can know where your faith lies. I've been through some things the last couple years that I've had strong faith in my walk with God, but it's been tested the last couple years. I'm like, do I really have a revelation of God's in this, in this situation? Or is my faith weakened according to what I see, what I see, instead of what God says? And God sometimes will check us to know your faith needs to get more ignited through the word of God so that you can trust me in this season. God is setting you up, let me tell you that. God will give you the right connections at the right time. God will pay the bill. But there's sometimes he wants to give you patience while you're waiting. We all hate that word. That's like a cuss word. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's an eight-letter word. It's like double the four-letter word. It's like bad. Why? Because in the waiting, I'm, I'm learning to depend on him. In the waiting, I'm learning that he is strong. The Bible says when I am weak, then he is strong. I'm learning that when I'm waiting. I'm learning that his strength is made perfect in me when I'm waiting because I'm weak and I want to quit and I want to get frustrated and I want to think I'm not worthy and I'm not deserving. But I have to believe what his word says, that his thoughts are not my thoughts, nor are his ways my ways. His ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. And when we're waiting, we learn the word of God becomes active in our life. There's a reason there's a not yet. When your faith is being tested, you'll find out where your faith is. When your faith is being tested, you'll find out where your faith is. And that's a good thing. You're going to find out, are you so in your emotions and looking at what you see that you're really not seeing the miracle that God can do in your life? In this story, Mary and Martha were panicking. Jesus, you got to get here. You got to get here now. He's sick and he might die. I know you can heal him. Jesus, you got to get here. Does that sound like familiar prayers to anyone that has prayed in the last couple weeks? Any moment they knew that Jesus was going to show up. But you know what? Jesus didn't show up yet. And not only that, he was out healing a Roman soldier. 
someone that they maybe didn't even like. Why wouldn't Jesus come and heal his close friend, the one that he supposedly loves, right? What happens while they're waiting? We know Lazarus takes his last breath and he dies. And then guess what? Jesus finally shows up on the scene. How many would say Jesus is really late? He's been in that tomb for four days. He is really late to the point of being almost offensively late. Because now the body has been wrapped and it's been put in the tomb. Four days Jesus didn't show up. And I was thinking about how they might have felt. Not only did Jesus not heal Lazarus, but he wasn't there to comfort them when he died. Like, how disheartening that must have been to this family, the one that they loved, and he loved them, and they went through this trial, and it seemed like Jesus wasn't there. Well, we know he never leaves us or forsakes us. But it's in the moment where we don't see the miracle or the breakthrough, and we think it should happen, we wonder, Jesus, where are you? Why aren't you here for me in my broken heart? Why aren't you here for me in my disappointment? And he is, but in the moment of our emotions, we lack feeling that and knowing that he's there. So look at John eleven seventeen. 17. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And if you read on in that, that verse in the King James Version, it says he's been in the, the uh, what is it, the tomb for four days. And the Bible literally says, he stinketh. He stinketh. Surely. There's no hope for this miracle. It's over. You may feel like you're in a season where it's over. How could this happen? How could God restore this? How could God change this? How could God give me my joy back? How can God free me from addiction or depression? It's over. I feel let down. I feel failed by God. We've all been there. What do we do in those moments where we feel let down by God? God's delays are not his denials. So let's look at John 11 and continue to read. It says, when Martha, I nicknamed her Karen. Do you guys know why I nicknamed her Karen? Y'all know why Karen. You know Karens. You see videos everywhere. I've been seeing a Karen video. How many of you seen a Karen video? Raise your hand. Do I need to explain? Karens are crazy people, just so you know. Okay, thank you. Y'all are acting. Oh, do you know her well? Do we need to pray? Oh, not our sweet Karen. Oh. Thank you for bringing that up. Not this beautiful, wonderful woman of God, Karen. I don't know how the name, I think the first lady that acted crazy got it, was Karen, but. And I kind of see Martha as like a Karen, like she's crazy. Like she'd be a modern day TikTok viral video. Like she, she says when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she ran up to meet him. But what? Mary stayed home. Mary's chilling. Mary don't know what's going to happen like nobody else does. But if you remember early in the story, she sat at his feet. She heard something from Jesus she needed to hear so when she goes through a trial, she can rest in whatever she heard from Jesus. See, we don't take time to sit at his feet and, and hear him and hear a word for the season. When you go through that trial, you may run in frantic like a Karen. Where are you, Jesus? Hand on the hip. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. She had all this pent-up emotion and frustration because she wasn't leaning on the miracle of Jesus in the moment. Verse 21, Lord, Martha, Martha said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I love this. On the flip side of her heart, which is I think all of us, verse 22, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. 
how we are this person, aren't we? Like we know God can do it, but we're mad because he didn't show up and do it when it looked like it was over. And I don't know how and what tone she said that to him, almost like you better do it, Jesus. I don't know. God will give it to you. Maybe again, she's manipulating him. I don't know. But she said, God will give you whatever you ask. So while you're waiting and it's not happening, you're not getting progression, you're frustrated. God's not meeting your expectations. Where are you, Jesus? Number two, if God always met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. If God met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. I have some things I want God to meet, and I know you do too, but I really want God to show out. I'm really believing God not just to meet him, but I want the supernatural manifestation of God with signs and wonders that people go, whoa, only God could have done what he just did in her life. Only God could have done what he's done at Faith Builders Church. Only God could have done what he's done in my marriage and in my children. It's an only God being glorified moment. I'm going to wait for that glorification of God. Amen. I forgot. Miss Kim, will you hand me my Bible, sweetheart? If God always met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. And I actually, this is called a Bible. On paper. Not our phones. Cecil bought me my Bible. Thank you so much. But if you look at page 1,141. In my Bible, 1,141, there was a problem. If you would have been here, Jesus, he would not have died. On this page, God did not show up. There was disappointment. It seemed like the end of the story. It seemed like it was over. But all I had to do is turn the page to 1,142 and the promise of God came. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. See, on one page, it's over. It looks like the end of the story. You look like you're at a roadblock. You look like it's a dead end. But Jesus, all he has to do is flip the page. All he has to do is one wave of his finger and the miracle can come to play. Many of us end on this page. We end when the miracle is about to break through because we get weary and frustrated. When God has everything under control, amen, don't stop on page 1,141. Allow God to turn the page. Allow the word and the promise to come into your life because the miracle takes place just on the next page. John 11 verse 23 says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. She heard Jesus talk about it many times in her home. I know you're coming back. That's not what she wanted. Jesus said to her, and here's the miracle, I am the resurrection and the life. Because he knew what he was about to do. He was going to go die and, and hang on that cross for our sins. The one who believes in me will live, and even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha wanted a healing, and Jesus was giving them a resurrection. 
She wanted him just to be well. And Jesus said, I want my father to be glorified. I'm going to raise him from his grave clothes because I want my glory to shine bigger than this situation of just healing him. Could I heal him? Yes. But I'm going to give resurrection power instead. Woo! When something dead comes alive, it can only be God did it. Because we can't raise dead things, but the resurrection power of God can raise dead things. Things may look over and done, but it is not over. God has not said it is finished. He is the resurrection power in life in your situation. But we've got to speak that power of God in that situation. Jesus said in verse 11, chapter 11, 43, Jesus said, roll away the stone. Take away the obstacles. Take away the resistance. Take away everything that's blocking my miracle that's about to be performed. Some of you need to go home and say, stone, be rolled away. Rejection, go in Jesus' name. Fear, go. Disappointment, go. Failure, get out the way. Get out the way. Why? Because my miracle is about to rise out with its grave clothes on it so that God can be glorified. Jesus called in a loud voice. See, when God does miracles, he doesn't do quiet things. He does loud things so the whole world can see his glory. He said, Lazarus. Come out the grave. Woo! You come out the grave. My dad said, Lord, why, why, just, why did you say Lazarus? Because the power of Jesus would have raised everybody from the dead. Now, I'm only calling Lazarus. He's like, Lazarus, come out. And that dead man came out. That is the miracle working power of God in our life, amen? God's delays are not God's denials. And the season you're in and waiting is not wasted. God is in it for you, and he is doing something supernatural in your life. And I'm going to prophesy he's about to turn the page. Just hang on in the midnight hour. Hang on. Fight that good fight of faith. Declare the word of God. Stir up the gifts of God. Stir up your faith and hope on the inside of you. So what happens when you wait on God? I'm gonna, there's a lot of them. I'm going to give you five of them really quick this morning. What happens when you wait on? While you're waiting, what's happening? Number one, he will give you courage. When you wait, he will give. Did I give that to you, Titus? No? None of that? Okay, that's okay. Psalms 27 verse 14 says this, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. I say, wait on the Lord. Okay, you have the verses, that's all, that's good, that's what I wanted. So what happens when you're waiting, God's giving you courage. He's, what does courage do? I can overcome anything when I'm courageous. I'm not, fear, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of that bill. I'm not afraid of that diagnosis. I have courage because I'm waiting on God. Number two, God will renew your strength. Isaiah 40 verse 31 um, says this, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. When you're waiting, God is making you strong. You shall mount up on wings like eagles. You shall run and not grow weary, and you shall walk and not faint. In faith, we feel like it's just the opposite. We feel like we should be doing, 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 and we should do things. But in waiting, when God's calling you to wait, he's actually strengthening you. He's refreshing you. You're getting the rest that you need. You're getting the peace that you need. Amen? Number three, God will be good to you. How many want God to be good to you? Isaiah 40, verse 31. 
but um, says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. No, Lamentations 3, there we go. The Lord is good to those who wait. What? I'm waiting. The Lord is good to me. He'll not fail me. To the soul who seeks after him. Isn't that powerful? Number four, God will fight for you while you wait. Woo, it's like he's taking care of the bullies in my life, amen? He's taking care of those giants in my life. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Woo, and number five, I don't have on my paper, so I don't know the point. Titus, you might have that paper. What's the scripture verse? Fifth one. And then I'm going to close with this and pray. Somebody got, anybody got anything out of that this morning? God will give you hope. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Hallelujah. Close your eyes this morning. Father, I thank you today that in this moment that you are here. And I just see as I was ministering this morning with your eyes closed that God is stirring you up. God is giving you new faith today. He's giving you new hope today. He's giving you new joy today. What you need of him, God is providing for you. Amen. So, Father, I just release this prayer over them in the name of Jesus. That, Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you in Jesus' name. We praise you, Father God. Um, Dave? No, it's just situation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay, guys, just make room for him to go. Just make room. It's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything's good, amen. Hallelujah. Enemy always likes to try to get attention. <laughs> it's actually laughable. Think about what God did in your life today because of this message because the enemy just wants you to look over here instead of remembering the word that you just got in your heart amen me, me and miss denise were just talking about that with your dreams you remember so don't worry about it <laughs> it's just a sign that you needed to hear exactly what god said today amen hallelujah let's just pray for that young man can we father we thank you for that young man today god as he stumbled in here father god no matter what lord we pray that you would touch him God lead him into all truth Holy Spirit let him find freedom and hope and peace and joy in you Father God we thank you that you just calm him and that you rest him God and you just be with him today in Jesus name and Father I just want to give everyone the opportunity if you're away from Jesus today or you need to come back to the Lord wherever you're at or maybe your faith this is getting reignited in God today let's just say this prayer together say dear Jesus I'm asking you be real in my life show yourself to me I thank you for renewed faith renewed hope and renewed patience and I'm expecting my breakthrough and my miracle in Jesus name everyone said amen and amen give the Lord a praise for the word today love you all I'm gonna welcome Pastor Lonnie receive the offering